Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Glad Monday. you're back. Happy Yes, it's great to be back, Dr. Paul. Keep us straight here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I got in on Saturday night. I took a couple of days after our conference last weekend to look around our old haunts in D.C. <laughs> um, there are some good things there, as well as a lot of bad things. Uh, and then we drove back, so we got in on Saturday night. But I, have, I brought with me a couple of show-and-tells. We had a great conference. I don't know how you felt about it, Dr. Paul. But uh, I thought it was great. I thought the people were great. I met so many great people, so many people that have been to every conference. Uh, in fact, I was talking to our good friend, some of our good friends who said that they've been to all of our conferences, the one they went to last year. Everyone around the table that they were at last year was still back at the conference again this year. So <laughs> let's put up that first clip, actually. And here is someone we all know and love. Oh, we got just one second to, to get our, uh, <laughs> our photos queued up. We're not ready for sh uh, show and tell yet. But um, and I, think it was a, I think it was a great event, Dr. Paul. I think the hotel was good. The food was good. Uh, the people were, were terrific. Uh, it was really uh, such a great time. I don't know, how did you? Uh, oh, I thought it was great. And I, th I think I could squeeze in. I will have one little short story to tell about uh, Ronald Reagan and I were Oh, yeah, you don't need the clip. We're not playing oh, the clip. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was on the helicopter with Reagan, and we were flying over, and as we looked down uh, at the Capitol, he said, isn't that beautiful? Isn't it amazing how beautiful a place that is and how many horrible things come out of the Capitol? <laughs> exactly. I thought that was so appropriate. And it's true, it is a, it's a neat si site, but when you think of uh, preservation of liberty versus uh, the amount of wars we've been in since the yeah. beginning, it's, it's not very exciting. It's amazing how how much he got it. <laughs> well, let's go back. Let's go to our show and tell a little couple of pictures. I just snapped these with my phone, so it's not going to be anything dramatic in terms of photo quality. But here you are on the stage addressing the audience. Let's do the next one real quick. Anatomy of a police state. Here's Colonel Doug McGregor. He gave a great talk. I think you will agree, Dr. Paul. Righto. And then uh, <laughs> the day before, though, let's look at this next one. The day before, we had our scholar seminar. Uh, we caught uh, most of them at the reception afterward. We got to have them have a picture with you. A couple of them had to leave early, but I think that was a great event the Friday before the conference. We had the brightest class of young people we've had so far, and that says a lot because our first two classes were very, very good as well, all-day seminar. And then the last one, we even had some celebrities stop by, Dr. Paul. Uh, here's uh, Tim Poole stopped in to say hi, have a look at the conference. So we were, we were happy to see him there. Uh, it was pretty neat uh, to see him at the event. So, all in all, I, I'm, I'm happy. Our six conferences, our Washington conferences, uh, now under our belt. So, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with everything. Very good. We have uh, several things uh, to go over today and a little bit of catch up. And we have a few things that we couldn't even squeeze in. So, we'll tie them over for tomorrow. But there were some outrages, which is usual. We see it's not hard to find some outrages. But the, the, the first outrage for today is came from Senator Mark uh, Warner. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess he said it on 9-11. And what, what a horrible day that was. And, and yet uh, he made a statement basically this. And uh, you can, uh, you know, fix it up if I don't get it quite right. But he, he basically said that uh, talking about the, the, the horror terror, but he was also talking about uh, January 6th. Yeah. And he, he essentially equated them, aren't they? About the same. And I get to thinking, 
following the rule of law and what they've done to these people that uh, were demonstrating and got a little rowdy. Yeah. Not a weapon, not a gun. And one person died, and I don't think it was at the hands of the demonstrators. Yeah. You know, and and so this this to me is just utterly amazing. Uh, and and then of course the subject comes up. Uh, you know, you know, there still is a Taliban now, and it looks like they're they're an armed might. You know, <laughs> and uh, if we keep pestering them, they might break their rules because basically the Taliban wants to deal with the problems when people invade their land, and that's where they have their record. You know, the Afghans for taking care of the invaders, but uh, he. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the invaders uh, are are fair game. So I think with the weaponry, I, I, Biden is getting some bad press for how how they left Afghanistan and deserves that. But I think about who were the scoundrels that put us in there for yeah. 20 years? You know, that's that's where the real fault is, and it is it is uh, you know the policymakers, but it's also the people. Why, why, why would the people put up with this? Look how long it took them for to say, oh, Vietnam, we have enough, we killed 30,000 Americans, it's time to come home. People just need to wake up on these issues. And let's put up that next clip because it's really outrageous. I mean, it's, it's outrageous and, and, and really disgusting. And thanks to our friend Paul Joseph Watson uh, for writing this piece. Democratic Senator compares 9-11 terrorists <laughs> to January 6 rioters. And lest you think that Paul is exaggerating things, we actually have the clip of Warner on Face the Nation where he makes this comparison. And we're going to go ahead and watch, I think, about 25 seconds of this. We should full screen that if we can and go ahead and watch those 25 seconds. And our country came together. In many ways, um, we defeated the terrorists because of the resilience of the American public, because of our intelligence community. And we are safer, better prepared. Um, the stunning thing to me is here we are 20 years later and the attack on the symbol of our democracy was not coming from terrorists, but it came from literally insurgents attacking the Capitol on January 6th. So I believe we are strong. Can you imagine if you're the family of one of the 9-11 victims back 20 years ago who were killed by terrorists attacking innocent civilians? in the US, can you imagine how it would feel to see the people that killed your relatives and loved ones being compared to people, as you say, rowdy. Um, some of them may have done some small property damage. They put their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Uh, but certainly, comparing the two of those things is so outrageous, it makes you wonder, why are they so desperate to maintain this false narrative that January 6th was some sort of an insurrection? It's a total lie doesn't mean we like what happened it's pretty disorderly uh you know at times but comparing the two i just I, it's it's outrageous you know and, and the republicans are using it for political purposes now and making hay out of it but it still is far short of what needs to be done because uh what what they're claiming is technically they did a lousy job in leaving Afghanistan. <laughs> well, it's, it's not a minor technical problem that if we just had a better plan, it would have helped a lot. It would have helped maybe uh, not given all those weapons and people dying over this, 
but but really it's, it's the whole principle of the policy how how are they there and the republicans are so hawkish at times too that uh that that's their only goal they can't be anti-war you know uh in in the sense of being serious about trying to avoid these situations then we wouldn't have to have these great debates how do you live I remember the old days when they say, when's this war going to be over? Yeah. And they have a dime. We'll declare war on what we're doing is going to chase them off our property and do what is necessary. But nobody knew and how, Afghanistan and, and Iraq. And, of course, uh, we're still continually up and down with Iran. And now we're in Syria. It's a constant. But guess what? We're bankrupt and it's all going to end soon. Well, you know, he, he didn't stop at just comparing the January 6th protesters to 9-11 terrorists, he had to continue this false narrative. And he went on to say, this is according to Paul Joseph Watson's article, Senator went on to say that he was worried, quote, about some of the activity in this country where the election deniers, the insurgency that took place on January 6th, and he hopes that the country will find a unity of spirit in the future. It's bizarre, uh, people that are skeptical, people that wanted to have a re recount, uh, of the elections, people that may not uh, think things were on the up and up, now they're labeled as election deniers. They are no better than terrorists. They're no better than 9-11 terrorists. This is real dangerous stuff. And I, you know, I mentioned it in my speech at the conference because it was the day after Biden had his creepy red satanic speech where he essentially declared war on the half of America that didn't vote for him. Uh, so. It's, it's, I think we're really in treacherous times politically, Dr. Paul. I think maybe they sense that in November things may not go their way, and so they're desperate to create a war footing at home, uh, and I think a lot of people are uncomfortable uh, and terrified even of what's going to take place. You know, he goes out of his way to make this comparison. He avoids talking about some real problem that they should be talking about. But, you know, can you imagine how much grief you would get if you get to the point where you say, you know, they, they dug into this a little bit to find out just what happened and who were the, who were the real planners and all. Boy, you can't suggest that, uh, that uh, it needs a review. Everybody knows, everybody knows who did this. We have the names of everybody that did it. But, uh, you know, the, the still the biggest question mark is that I don't think the commission, like all commissions, are just cover-ups as far as I'm concerned. So the commission comes out, and um, did they explain why that Building 7 went down? <laughs> I think that is really a big deal. But that's ignored. I, I wonder if anybody mentioned that yesterday. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. There's certainly a lot under the rug. Well, let's move on to our next one because this is, you know, kind of continues on our theme of political persecution in this country. Uh, and this is from our friends at Zero Hedge. 35 Trump allies served with warrants and subpoenas, according to Steve Bannon. And Steve Bannon was a strategist for the 2016 campaign. I don't know if you saw the video, Dr. Paul, but he was, of course, perp walked, uh, walked with handcuffs on in front of people with cameras on just the other day, uh, and he's claiming that several others, or up to 50 others, uh, are having the same experience. Maybe it's a coincidence, um, but, a, a, but an attorney uh, was on uh, TV over the weekend, and here's what she pointed out. She's representing some of these people that have had subpoenas uh, and have had uh, arrest warrants. She says, they're from the Capitol Siege section of the Department of Justice, D.C. office, and they asked for broad categories of documents. 
They asked for all communications dating from a month before the election until a month or two months after the election. They asked for all communications regarding dozens of people and the categories of our alternate electors, fundraising around irregularities around the election, and also a rally that happened before January 6th at the Capitol. So they are basically vacuuming up everything they can get, the Department of Justice is, uh, anyone having anything to do with Trump at the time. Do, do we really want to, supposed to believe that this has something to do with crime or is it political intimidation? You know, uh, the FBI's been on the defensive, uh, rightfully so. Uh, uh, things came out that uh, lies were told in the, about the 2016 election. Turns out the FBI was involved, but not the way yeah. not the way the other side was accusing of it. No kidding. And uh, you know, you know now, uh, the, and also even recently now they're still doing this. Uh, but the FBI has been. Uh, you know, really on the defensive. And, you know, it's easy for us to say, you know, why do they put up with this and all this? But even normal people out there that are talking about this, they're getting concerned. But all of a sudden, they come up with this stuff, you know, 35 high letter supporters. And, uh, you know, once again, the, uh, the degree of crime breaking here, you know, oh, it's equivalent to 9-11 terrorists. So, what what they're doing is they're going after them. What what do you think this was going to help uh, the them get along with the FBI and uh, make the FBI look better? I would think this would add fuel to the fire. You know, just just the system. Yeah. Not only just the FBI, but the whole Department of Justice and how how people are 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 treated. You know. Remember all the outrage when Trump blustered as he often did. Lock her up, lock her up regarding Hillary. Remember Hillary's <laughs> allies. This is terrorism. How dare he say this? But when they actually are locking up Trump supporters, uh, nobody says a peep. The mainstream media doesn't right. say a peep. Um, and, and on the same theme, let's go to the next clip because this is something from the Epoch Times uh, by way of Zero Hedge uh, that's of concern. And we, we've covered this for a long time, Dr. Paul. Uh, the January 6th protesters and families exposed a brutal truth about the jail lockdown. And this is something that happened a couple of days ago. Um, and we can actually hear from the article. Let's put the next one on. I'll just set the stage here. It began without warning. A January 6th prisoner had emerged from his cell without a mask. When it was all over, the jail was in lockdown and several inmates had been pepper sprayed, handcuffed, and thrown into solitary confinement. So what happened is one of the political prisoners had the audacity to walk out of his cell to get some of his medication and he didn't put his mask on and so he was literally attacked by a guard she pr sprayed him with bear spray and then when a couple of the other inmates said hey what are you doing stop harassing him uh, they, hit, they, they took them and they tackled them and they put him in solitary confinement so this is the kind of insane brutality that's happening in this jail in DC we don't know how many people are being held there as political prisoners but really very few people, Julie Kelly is one of them on American Greatness, but few people are bothering to dig up info on their behalf. You know, and they, 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 they talk about having them uh, punish this prisoner for not having his mask on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they knew, well, we, everybody knows now, masks probably increase disease. Yeah, they you probably know? want to keep they, it on, yeah. They probably, this, that was probably their, part of their punishment yeah, going on. Yeah. Well, it, it was psychological 
punishment anyway. But it turns out that, they, that, that those masks didn't do any good at all. And uh, there's, they're still arguing about that because I don't think everybody has gotten reparations from the doctors who have been punished. And even the average person that uh, did some uh, reporting on this get punished, they got canceled because they were talking about uh, just a discussion. I, I don't even think you have to say, well, they had the right answer. No, they were punished because they brought up the subject. Yeah. But of course, what they didn't want to hear was the truth. And uh, that because uh, that wouldn't have sold uh, vaccines. Yeah. Well, according to this, what we've read in the in the newspaper, this Lieutenant Crystal Lancaster, she was taken off of duty guarding the January 6th prisoners because she was particularly brutal and violent. But now somehow she's back on, she's back on the details. So, and beating up these prisoners. But here's something that struck me in this article, Dr. Paul, and I think we need to digest this. People need to think about this. Um, and when you, and, and this put this in the context, Dr. Paul, of people literally being let go on bail or without even any bail after they've committed murder, uh, no problem, no questions asked. This is, what, this is one example from that article of one of the political prisoners in this DC jail. According to Nicole Reffitt, let's yeah, go ahead and put that up, sorry. The targeted abuse of January 6 prisoners is nothing new at the DC Gulag. Her husband, Guy Reffitt, has suffered there for nearly 20 months. Guy, Nicole explained, was the first January 6th defendant to go on trial and the first one they tried to charge with the domestic terrorism enhancement. And she's quoted, the wife is quoted, luckily the judge did not grant that, she told the Epoch Times, adding that her husband never entered the Capitol, never touched anyone or damaged anything. She said he was still sentenced to seven and a half years. We're still trying to wrap our brains about that. He didn't go in, he didn't break anything, he didn't shoot anyone. He didn't trespass, he didn't do anything. Seven and a half years, these people are rotting in these jails. No one will speak up for them. It's, it's all a farce is what it is. Now, did the defense have uh, a right and a privilege to see the materials oh, that the no. prosecution had? <laughs> oh, no, no. It, 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 was, it was a balanced group of people doing the investigation between Republicans and Democrats. They had a couple Republicans yeah. on there that are diehard radical leftists. Yeah. They just happened to be in the party for a bit. But that, 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 that just, I think, just stirs up a more... Uh, you know, intense disgust with this. And that's why the people are, are disgusted. But all I read now are people getting angrier and angrier and, and they have a right to get angry. But the, but the obligation I think all of us should have is trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Why is it happening? And why are we having so many problems? And, uh, you know, a few months ago, maybe last year, I wrote a thing and I said, well, we have a problem. We have a financial bankruptcy and we have a moral bankruptcy in this country. And and we're having trouble with that and there's a lot of competition you know for the the, the leftovers who's going to pick up the pieces who's going to build the next society and of course uh, biden thinks he's doing it it's a, it's a, they say this some of this stuff with a straight face yeah. you know uh, they, they must be really conditioned to accept uh, you know fibbing a little bit <laughs> what's really outrageous and this is for uh, true for both parties is that they want to go over and lecture other people overseas and if that doesn't work, they're going to put down some bombs, telling them they need to have a, you know, good justice system. They need to have a free society <laughs> when you have people like this rotting away for nothing. But, Dr. Paul, we always want to end on a good note, on a happy note. So we're happy to report 
with all this bad stuff happening, the economy is in the tank, inflation, the Biden administration has its priorities down perfect. And this is from the Daily Caller. Let's look at this next one. Here's what they've been up to, Dr. Paul. Unconscionable. Biden administration renames hundreds of racist and derogatory landmarks. And in case you think it's a joke, it actually happened. Let's look at the next clip. And it is a joke, but in a different way. The Department of the Interior created a derogatory geographic names task force in 2021, saying uh, the word squaw, of course, is removed from everywhere, even though at the time uh, in the 1600s, it was not derogatory whatsoever. Nevertheless, they have identified over a thousand name recommendations across the country where they have got to change all of these. I didn't realize there were so many racist names everywhere. What is it, KKK Square or something? No. I mean, this is what their priorities are. Yeah, and they, they pick on both the, the squaws and, and others. And uh, for, for some reason, I don't have any animosity the little bit of history I understand of Robert Lee, uh, Robert Lee, you yeah. know, I mean, uh, uh, he was a person, actually a university had been named after, has been around ever since the Civil War. Yeah. And, but oh no, we take, take the signs down, no credibility there. And who, who's making these decisions? People that don't deserve any credibility, you know, and they know exactly what they're doing. They have to destroy the old. They have to have chaos in the streets. They have to have the breakdown of law and order. They have to have people hating each other, and they'll rebuild it. Uh, well, at least they're talking about rebuilding. Yes, but what with what? Yeah. Oh, a Marxist system, because it's never been truly tried. Yeah. They've attempted. It didn't do go well with the Soviet system, but they'll do it different. It'll be more socialized, and it'll be more humane. But we you will use the iron fist if you don't behave. Even if you're in prison, we're going to use the iron fist on you. So this is this is tragic. But I think it's out of desperation, total desperation of a society that is totally bankrupt when it comes to finances. And yet at the same time, you still meet. And fortunately for us, we get to go to a conference yeah. where we have three or four hundred people come up and. They all seem to be very sensible to me. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so no, they're they're out there. Matter of fact, the many people have said this, and I strongly believe it. If you just had numbers, uh, our numbers are so much greater than those people who believe this garbage. Yeah. And uh, and yet, there you have that movement which has been so fantastically successful of infiltrating everything the soros type of yeah. group finance the universities the university system has been corrupted the monetary system corrupted it's been for a hundred years the progressive movement so i keep thinking that we're living in tough times but i'm hoping what, it, what we're really witnessing is the crack up of the progressives, uh, you know, flawed century plus, because uh, there, is, there is a better way and it's uh, much more closely related to what was intended by the founders. So that's, uh, that, that is the positive side of this, but uh, I have to uh, be cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to close out, Dr. Paul, if you think we're done, and I just want to thank all of our viewers. I was very, very happy that so many people came up to me at the conference and said, we watch the Liberty Report every day. We're done with the mainstream news. We're even done with the alternative news. Uh, we rely on you to give us uh, the straight scoop, and that's what we try to do here. So thank, thanks to so many of you that took the time to go out and see us there. We do have November 5th in Lake Jackson. I'll be making some announcements about that. 
our third and final conference this year, and we look forward to seeing uh, everyone uh, at that event as well. Uh, the videos, many people have asked about the videos from the conference. They're done. Uh, we're downloading them. We're going to start uploading them onto our channels, our media channels, and so you'll be able to watch those if you couldn't make it and even if you could make it. I do want to remind all our viewers, as much as we appreciate your support, uh, we also appreciate, appreciate your financial support. Uh, we're a 501c3 educational charity, so we rely on you to continue doing what we do, uh, and we make the best use of your kind donations as possible. I will include, after the show, a link uh, to how you can make a tax-deductible donation to the Ron Paul Institute. And as ever, we thank you for your support. Very good. You know, I have talked recently more and more about a higher law and what nihilism uh, does to us. And, and, and we're living in this age where the, uh, the nihilists have sort of been able to take over. And, and their mantra is that you can't know truth. So don't bug us with about having the truth. Well, there's a different side to that. It may be that perfect truth is hard to achieve, but there's a lot of people still in this world that from the beginning of time until presently, that, that, that the, one of the main purposes of the human race is to seek out spiritual truth, you know, and, and know what the world is all about. So this, this to me is a, a problem because the people who say there is no truth, they have, you can't work on the assumption, oh, if they do something dumb and 100,000 people or 200,000 people or a million people die, oh, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have bombed that city. We shouldn't have done this. They don't do that at all. They, they, they have no conscience. They have no shame. And uh, once we recognize that, I still think that truth is known. It's, and I think that everybody, it's available for everybody. And all they have to do is seek the truth and look for it, and they'll know that, you know, if, that it's not right to walk into a store, tear it apart, and as you walk out, somebody's trying to hide in the corner from the hoodlums, and they just take out their pistol and shoot them in the head. You know, that is as bad as it can get, and that's happening. And this, our inner cities have been like that. And that is why people, that, the one resort we have, of course, is we still have an, an availability, which is getting weaker, to get the information out and try to persuade people exactly what has to be done, uh, you know, with government and, and, and place blame on government when they're guilty. And that is available to us. And uh, if the numbers are on our side, that means we have to work very, very hard to improve our ability to deliver a message that seeking truth is far better than joining the gang that are nihilistic and say, don't sweat it, don't waste all your time. You, don't, you can't know the truth. But I think in a very natural sort of way, people can figure out just when they're murdering somebody that it's absolutely wrong. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.